It's another Ian Collins once a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi ASX. New car smell is composed of 50 different elements. The new Mitsubishi ASX smells lovely and is yours from just £14,999. That's nothing to sniff at. Absolutely the upshot of the whole thing. Like yeah. I said, even if you widened the door, you'd never get a donkey in that big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the stories you tell. Uh, we start with an email from Barry White. <laughs> Isn't he dead? But it's not that one, obviously. Right, well, you know. A nice idea. Hey, boys. Hang on, that was Windsor Davis, wasn't it? <laughs> You're lovely boys. <laughs> You're my first, my last, my everything. Dear Ian and Kev, I noticed on the last episode you decided to ridicule a young man from the EDL. Yes. What, you mean this man? I'm here to protest, right? Because I'm going on a march because I want Britain to be back British. Barry says this is clearly a repulsive organisation that should be disbanded forthwith, but I am bound to ask you two Herberts about impartiality and why you pick up on only one group. In the interest of balance, do you happen, perchance, to have another example of some half-wit talking utter bollocks in the name of their own (laughs) political ideology? (laughs) Hang on a sec. Andre, can you pass me my cassette box, please? The couple of C60s. Hang on. Yeah, there you go. Does that machine still work, Kev? Oh, I'll blow the dust off it. Okay, lob that in. Here you go, Barry. Of course, communication is a part of modern politics and is important, and I'm not pretending it isn't, and images as well. I don't think it's the most important thing. There you go, Ofcom fans. Balance. (laughs) Ian Collins wants a word. So welcome to episode uh, 297. Feels like it. Yeah, it's people thinking, wow, what happened? Have you been in a coma? You take your eye off the ball for a second, and that's mm. kind of what happens. People just, you know, they're like, oh, I, I, is there one out this week? I think so. And you look at how many you've missed. Can I just say, uh, guests coming up. Yes. Howard Hughes. Oh. LaDonna Harvey. Oh. Will Ganu. Ooh. Alex Jones. Oh, that's good. Maybe David Icke. Is this your way of segueing into the fact that we're not doing a guest this week? Sort of. Oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah, we surveyed this, didn't we? Yes, we did. Most people said, just ditch the guest. Yeah. And just talk guff. Yeah. So we're talking guff. Well, we've got the guff down. Yeah. Well, it's guffish. It's guff with your help. Guff-esque. Have you got any questions, Ken? Uh, it's questions and feedback via social media and uh, sexual intercourse. From Hillbilly Harry, horsehair hat hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> is it just me? Or is recycling stuff from your own kitchen a complete pain in the arse? Washing cans and separating everything makes me oh, furious. Here's the thing. What's with the washing stuff. So you take a, a plastic milk carton thing. Yeah. And apparently, before you put that in the recycling, you're meant to wash it out. Yeah. Is someone seriously going to tell me that's the only wash it's going to get before it has <laughs> milk put back in it? Uh, well, it's, is, is it going to have milk put back in it? Or is it going to be melted down into, like, another milk container? or To something? make more milk containers? Yeah. Well, why would I have to wash it? But then, I've, we've covered this before about the, the mythical recycling machine that can supposedly separate everything out. Yeah. Uh, which is, of course, complete fantasy. Cause complete it fantasy. can't exist. Uh, it all just probably goes in landfill. As well. Correct. Right. It's all shoved in containers uh, and sent to North Korea and buried in Kim Jong-il's front garden. Have that on good authority. Yeah. It's a very big garden. But it's most of Korea, his garden. But I do agree with, uh, with horsehair Harry Hat Porter Hat Man. Because it, it seems it creates... And I'm, I'm all for saving the planet. Sure. But if you've got your baked bean can, you have to wash that. 
And as you say, that's the only wash it's going to get. the bloody wash it? I don't get that. Well, do you, okay, let me ask you a question. how many people do wash it? Yeah, I was going to say, let me ask you a question about this. Do you actually wash no. every single item? Do you I just, don't wash any. Right. Do you actually do any recycling? Yes, I do all recycling. Everything gets recycled. Okay. But it all goes into what I call the recycling tutorium. <laughs> and in it goes, so it's all manner of uh, guff from the plastic to the metal to the... Uh, you can't put the glass in on. The glass has to be done separately. Yes. Which is kind of strange. Oh, no, we, some... we can. We can. Yeah, and then you can put paper and cardboard and stuff. So no, all that's, that's a separate okay. one for us. Ah, you see, that's what I mean. It differs all over the place. Yeah. And supposedly the magic machine that Gandalf runs comes along and goes, I decree you to be plastic. You are coming with me in bin number seven. And then another big hand comes along, kind of you know, comedy style, and just grabs all the metal stuff and puts that in a different depository. Now, this is just balderdash. Is this really happening on this level? I don't understand the need to have to wash it. Well, that's the other question, though. Is it because this mythical machine, they want you to believe that if you have a bit of, like, um, cat food mm. stuck in the inside of a tin, it's going to make the machine mucky so it can't do its job to separate all the stuff? I don't know. Yeah, but how well... Most people would give it a swill at best. I reckon the average person rinses it under yeah. the tap, chucks it away. So it's not a proper clean anyway. So Quick one assumes it has to be cleaned elsewhere. Yeah. If you know, then, uh, you know, email. We need to get a recycling guest on the uh, on the podcast. That's a good idea. This. We can ask all these questions. That'd be a very interesting podcast. We yeah. can stick it in a different category. Or on, on second thoughts, let's not do that at all. There must be some, you know, some sort of comedy recycling figure, by which I don't mean Jimmy Carr, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. You mean like kind of an Eddie the Eagle Edwards of the recycling world? Exactly, yeah. And it's someone who could actually come and, you know, give us a little lecture well, well, about pros and cons. I'll have a look around. I'll speak to my people. Paisley Midge says, And with all these defections going on, I'm wondering if either of you had thought of legging it over to a rival podcast. Uh, I, I know I have. I could see Ian taking over from Alec Baldwin on Here's the Thing. Well, that'd be a good gig. Here's the Thing is a great podcast. It's Alec Baldwin, and he does these uh, interviews. And they can be 20 minutes or they can yep. be an hour or whatever. Uh, I'm assuming it's still going, because he, he tried doing a, um, he was on a, a network in the States doing a late night, proper based on that, a late night talk show thing with guests. No, you can't take that to telly. Well, no, they did, they tried it, they did it, but it ran for five episodes, and then he made a uh, an off-colour remark to a journalist and was promptly canned. Did he? What did he say? I believe he called somebody a I may have read that, yes, I did read that, I did read that, I hadn't realised it was kind of an extension of the podcast. Because the podcast is really good, and one of the reasons it was good is because it was a podcast, yeah. and it felt like, you know, like all podcasts, you've discovered something. And even though hundreds of thousands of other people have discovered it as well, because of the nature of the way you listen to a podcast, uh, which is more of a private thing, it, it felt like there was some special little secret there that Alec Baldwin was doing, and everybody thinks, well, Alec Baldwin, he's the guy who does, you know, one or two good movies and quite a lot of shit ones, so this is bound to be rubbish, what Alec Baldwin talking about, but it was really, really good. It was great, yeah. But would I uh, defect? I mean, you got offered the job as Ollie Mann's fluffer, didn't you, a little while ago? <laughs> I did, so. yeah, yeah. I had to decline, though, because the hours just really didn't suit. No, not really. And But the audition, I hear, went rather well. It was a bit rough around the edges, but there you go. Uh, from from fucking <laughs> Bill... <laughs> Bill says, you guys swear too much. Can I suggest a once-a-word swear jar? Uh-huh. Oh, that's a nice idea. I like that. We could make some money for charity, or optionally for beer, for, <laughs> for after we've recorded. Yeah, I think we I, th- I think we can maybe uh, homogenise the two ideas. Um, would it be a, a swear jar? Yeah. Jar? <laughs> it could be. But why a jar? Because most people don't have a swear. Well, they swear a swear box. It's a metaphorical swear. It is, like it's pulling like... something out of the hat. I'd like it to be one of those... <laughs> Do you remember the little um, coffin money boxes 
With the with yes, the hand that I came did, out yeah. and took your tempe. Yeah. Lobbed it into the slot. You still get them. I, I'm going to eBay that. Now. Right. I tell you what. We'll get if we can do it. If we're going to do, I, I will. Buy, I promise you by the next episode. Yeah. Maybe by the next because. That's quite a lot of rip-off merchants. Honey, Bayo, don't send you shit that you buy. Yeah, right. So what we're saying is for the next episode, we will get one of these coffin sweary jar things. Yep. And we will start utilising that for the course of an episode, should we swear. It was a wind-up thing, wasn't it? I believe it was. It was battery-operated. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll look into that. that I'm happy with that. Uh, from Fluoride Phil in Philadelphia. Bollocks. I saw some <laughs> Christmas cards at a supermarket the other day. Is this normal? And have you pair of arses done your Christmas shopping? Yeah, I've done it. Of course I haven't. I was going to say, it wouldn't surprise me if you had, though. Like, you're sitting on a train and you're bored and you go to, like, uh, Amazon. Other big online retailers are available. None quite and just as thought, good, though. Yeah, I just thought, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do all my Christmas shopping now. It's all good thing, yeah, I mean, it can all be done in that way, and that's how a lot of people do it, isn't it? They just spend a morning going through everything and just buy it all online and it arrives and it's every box ticked. It depends whether you're into the whole festive idea of actually going around shops and buying stuff and enjoying the sleigh bells and the tinsel and the decorations and the hustle and bustle and the Santa and all of that kind of um, festive caper. Yeah, what you want online. is you just want to be able to do it in the pub. It, it's how I, I'm not going to lie. If I have a, a friend or a relative... Hang on, hang on. I've just done it all. Have you? Yeah. That was pretty good. I'm just going to say, if you've got a friend or a relative... There's only you and Sandy to buy for. Oh, yeah. How is young Sandy? He's fine, yes. Yeah? Somebody once uh, did a... Did we talk about this before? The comedy sketch that somebody did about old people's homes and babies. And the, I think we might have, yeah. The, 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 the kind of mental connection there is between very little babies and very old people. Yeah. And they tend to do the same thing. <laughs> their self a lot. <laughs> yeah. And mumble and dribble. It's as beautiful in some ways as it is tragic. Uh, but, you know, such is the circle of life. In the circle of life. Stop it, Andre. <laughs> So he's decided he can climb stairs. No, you can't! <laughs> you just think you can! He's nine months old. Are you sticking up gates now, then? He's getting to the gate stage. What is interesting, there's a little step that goes from the dining room to the kitchen. And he sat there looking at that step and pondering it, thinking, if I go over there, that's not right. I know that's not right. I might bang my head or something. Mm. And after about 15 minutes... He worked out that he had to turn around and drop his legs down first. Ah. Now, no one teaches. That's just amazing no. stuff, that kind of thing. It's it thing. Hang on. I mean, as it happens, he still fell over and banged his head. But you get Don't know why I'm laughing. It's kind of... All those things are sort of vaguely amusing. But um, in a kind of inevitable sort of way, those neuro connections all kind of fusing up together that just tells a human, this is the best way to do this. It's and weird, carry out isn't it? this task. No one can teach that. But he has to be very careful. And as you know, babies have to be careful with stairs normally. And I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But also, if he goes far enough up those stairs, he's going to end up in an attic, which is full of fucking bees. So he really has to be that very, very, very careful. Yeah, I've just let the bees to it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, They're running the place now. Yeah. Gary says, uh, it seems 2014 is the year... Tw- by the way, 2014 or 2014? 2014. I'd probably say 2014 more than... I think I would now. But we wouldn't have said 2001, would we? No. Or 2007. You would have said 1914. 2010 changed it. Ah, but you'd say 1914 and you'd also say 1902. But you wouldn't say 2002. No. There hasn't been a government uh, ruling on what we should be calling the year now. Well, there's the whole thing about the decade, isn't there? How you describe the decade. Yeah. Which they annoyingly call the noughties. Oh, horrible. 
Anybody that says that, you should be able to poke them in the eye with a big stick. But I think that the, uh, we'll call it 2014. Okay. Uh, it's the year that the world turns to shit, says Gary. Any last <laughs> requests? It does seem to be kicking off a little bit, doesn't it, this year? There's yeah. all sorts of things happening. Yeah. It has been, it's been a bit grim, hasn't it? If you, I mean, when you consider the amount of global stories, and doing a radio show, as I do, which is based on current affairs, yeah. so quite a lot of the time, stuff that you think, you know, what are we going to talk about tonight? You know, in the last six months, there's never been a shortage of massive stories, whether you, you know, whatever's going on in Gaza or whatever's going on with Islamic State, whatever's happening with Iraq. There's just been a, what appears to be an oversubscription of really big, slightly worrying stories. Well, funnily enough, Pinky Braithwaite, who's writing by hand... Ooh, got a letter. Uh, an actual letter. Uh, Pinky says, with all the hassles and troubles going on in the world, see, people are worried about this. Yeah. Is it not time to bring in Banana Man to solve the problems? He'd sort out the West Bank in no time. <laughs> I don't even know much about... But did, did Banana Man have skills? Well, Banana Man was crap in terms of... He was kind of a crap superhero who yeah. uh, has powers immense strength, can fly and all that kind of thing, but screwed everything up. I like the idea that we could solve international terrorism via the conduit of bananas. By giving a 12-year-old a banana. Yeah, I think exactly, that, yeah. that'd be quite nice. Good evening. Three terrorists were taken to hospital with broken coccyx, having <laughs> sl- slipped on a banana skin. Yeah, but that, that is typically... Down Baghdad High Street. Typically how he would, like, he'd accidentally throw a banana peel. But you'll find out for yourself, because they're making a big banana man... Uh, live-action movie. Is that a fact? Elstree, and that's okay. out next year. Wow, what about that? Although, who's, in, who's in said Banana Man movie? Nobody knows. Nobody's seen a script or uh, a director's name attached. So that's going to go tremendously well. Uh, from um, Glenn Medeiros. <laughs> Ever weed in a swimming pool? And if so, did the water turn a funny colour? That's an urban myth, isn't it? I don't know. I've never pissed in a swimming pool. Well, maybe when I was six or something I might have done, but I thought it was an urban myth that they... They put something in the swimming pool so if you have a wee, everything around you goes blue. And you tell enough kids that. I can remember being told that at school. Nobody, nobody peed in the pool. I don't know. I think there'd always be one kid who would try. Do they really have something in there that made the pool go blue all around you? I think it was... You know, you know the TV detector van was bollocks, wasn't it? Apparently, yeah. This is something I've only found out the past couple of years. Apparently there was nothing inside it. No. Just a bloke reading the paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. Because there used to be a TV commercial, didn't it? And there was a man, it was very sinister, it was dark, and then you'd see a street from an aerial view, and just around the corner, as the lights went down and the street lamps flickered, along came the detector van. And it came around, and then it looked inside the van, and there was a silhouette of a man who clearly worked for Her Majesty's government. He was on special licensed-based business, and they'd look across, and he'd make a phone call to HQ, and he would say, they're watching ITV in the dining room. Yeah number 67 and you would you know my mum at that point almost discombobulated on the spot but isn't that the thing about it because in theory in theory with an old cathode ray television there has to be some sort of frequency adjustment for channels so people would go oh I I could see how a detective fan could pick this up because detective Mm. fans have giant robot, robot ears on them but it does appear that it was all nonsense but whoever came up with it was actually some sort of genius. But they, it would have required, at the time, the van to have had a database, wouldn't it? The van would have yes. been, it had to have correlated the unlicensed premises yeah. with a database. And much like on the an, door. Yeah. Like an ANPR camera does with a, a number plate, whether it's through a congestion charge or now, of course, there's no road tax any longer. Mm. Uh, that's done on a similar basis. That, that no, no road tax disc any longer. Yeah. So a similar thing. It would have to have been something like that. So they'd have to have gone down the road. 
and realised that Madge at number 76 was watching Parkinson. And then the machine would have had to have gone ping. Yeah. And then he would have looked at his database and go, all oh, right, yeah, Crafty Mare at number 76 is, uh, is watching Parky. And she ain't got no licence. So we'll go around there and kick her in the throat. Or whatever they did then days. Which it has to be said was, you know, it's it's a way of solving the problem. <laughs> it was cheaper than paying for your license. It was the 70s. Just take one in the esophagus for the team. And finally, Esther, from Connor, the <laughs> fuck-based jester of Newcastle. Nice. Hello, Connor. The class of our listeners. People are just swear. Knows no bounds. The swear jar for us with a little hand would already be... I might need to buy a couple. I might need to buy a graveyard's worth <laughs> yeah, of those, exactly, uh, yeah. those little money boxes. Have either of you discovered a new post-Breaking Bad box set? Easy for me to say. That will entertain and amuse. Every time I ask you this, you just drift off into other subjects and never actually answer my question. By the way, did you see the uh, the Tory MP who went to UKIP? I did see this. Turns up in Doncaster. Yeah. Mark Reckless. This. It's a great name. Mark Reckless. I mean, how do you become an? How do you even get cons- How do you get shortlisted to be an MP? <laughs> name, Mr. Reckless. Oh, great, you'll do. Yeah. Sound perfect for us. And this utter wumble. <laughs> Shows up in Doncaster and gives his speech to the baying crowd of, of UKIPers who clearly, I think, is brilliant. We've got the scalp of a Tory. Cameron's going to hit himself. Yeah. Um, and then just gives this speech where you think, bloody hell, if that's as much as you've got to give me, if I was running the Conservative Party, I'd be quite glad you'd bug it off. Yes. Admittedly, it probably would have helped their cause if his name was something like um, Mark Good Decision. Or Mark Topman would have been quite nice. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Mark thumbs up. Mark thumbs up. There Mark thumbs up. Mark thumbs up. And ever go, oh, Mark thumbs up's over there. Now. Yeah. That would work well. And he could buy those sponge hands for election time, couldn't he? <laughs> he should do, yeah. It would look as if they all applied to him. If you've got a question you want to send to us, uh, it's ian at onceaword.com or kev at onceaword.com. Uh, we'll try and lob as many as we can into the, uh, the oh, what we call the opening question section because it's the uh, opening section and involves questions. Yes. <laughs> Uh, It is, of course, that feature that takes a long, hard look at life's knobheads. You know the kind of folk, those who, regardless of sex, status or faith, find themselves acting in a penile-based manner. They might be off the telly. They could be your mate or your neighbour. It's even possible... It's your other half. Whoever they are and wherever they lurk, these are the people who, from time to time, display such traits of sheer dumbass buffoonery. You find yourself concluding only one thing. Hey! Hey! You're being a dick. Kev. You always start by saying dick Kev, like yeah. you're trying to run them together intentionally. Funny that. Um, yeah, I've got one. Celebrities. Okay. That's, by which I mean... It's a wide net, Kev. All of them. But particularly those who think it's a good idea... Uh, with their iPhone or other mobile device to take pictures of themselves, stalkers. And then when somebody hacks it, as with this uh, this phenomenon online, which is called the fappening, uh, which I thought was very clever. The fappening? The fappening. Well, you know about fap. No. No. Well, f- okay. Fat or fap? Fap. F-A-P. F-A-P. Right. You've got the happening, and it's the fappening because it's happening, and fap is kind of like uh, online speak or having a... Is that right? Yeah. It's meant, it's like the noise. Okay. So it's online... Fat, 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 Tickling fat. Yoda behind the ears. Exactly okay. that, yeah. So, celebrities. 
dicks. But more importantly, if you don't want pictures of yourself online, on the internet, don't take pictures of yourself on your phone. But what you see, I had this argument with somebody, and they went, but they're private pictures. Now, th- this is what I'm interested in, okay? What came first? The innate desire, some might say instinctive or intrinsic desire within a human being to do all this stuff. So that's taking a picture of your bell end and sticking <laughs> it into a cloud. Yeah. Or did the technology fuel that desire? So was the desire always there? We had no mechanism with which to carry out these other additional things that we like to do that turn us on, whether they're fetishes or whatever it happens to be. So sexting, anything that comes under that, the tech has allowed. Yeah. Did we always have that laying dormant? And then now, in the 21st century, part of our evolution, if there was a biblical diktat, it would say, you know, and there will come a time when you will be able to, via the conduit of a tablet, photograph your genitalia and send it to whoever you like. Did that, was that always waiting in our inherent evolution to happen? Or have we coerced it falsely and woken something up that should never have been awoken up because we've invented stuff that could make it happen? Well, here's what I think. I think a device did exist prior to this for a good long time, which meant that you could privately take pictures of yourself in the nude, like the Polaroid, because, you know, you didn't have to go and get it developed. So this people, I guess, I guess celebrities having uh, naked pictures of themselves, presumably to send to uh, boyfriends or lovers or whatever, girlfriends, uh, is the equivalent of popping a Polaroid in the post with a picture of their, uh, you know, flimflams, yeah, and saying, here you are, love, look at this. It doesn't sound especially appetizing, mm. I have to say, but I can honestly say that I have no naked pictures of myself on my phone. I've got three of you, but none of me. Yeah, it was a mistake, OK, because remember when you changed your number uh, and I had you in under just dish and <laughs> it got confused and I pressed the wrong thing and that's what happened. You and your texting. But I think it's it's an easy solution. There's another question, though, Kev. Oh, yeah. on, there's an easy solution. It's an easy solution. Just don't take pictures of yourself naked on your phone. That's easy. That's how to fix it. So when Jennifer Lawrence is like, oh, people have seen me tits there. Fair play, Jennifer. Mm. I'm sure they're very nice indeed. But the reason they have... And yes, I suppose it's a private phone. But if it's uploading to a cloud, as secure as Apple uh, will say the cloud is, you can get at this stuff. I I've, Have you seen the Jennifer Lawrence snaps? No. I've seen the Jennifer Lawrence snaps. Have you? Yes, somebody was lobbing them around the Twitter sphere. Um, and they are lobbing. kind of... They, it's, it's, I suppose you'd call it soft porn, really? in a way. And what I'm intrigued... And then there's the girl from Downton Abbey that just sort of sits on her bed in a bit of a silhouette and uh, talking to a camera to her boyfriend. You know, right. Oh, baby, I can't wait till we're together. Uh-huh. Any Downton jokes in there? Because I'm sure there's... That would have sprung to my yeah, mind. I'm yeah. sure there's, uh, there's upstairs, downstairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, the question I have, is, are all these celebs going, oh, look, we're celebs. We're now meant to make sex videos. That's what we do, because we're celebs. It's the thing to do. Yes. Or are they, do they all have a desire to do it? Because the ones that it, I've certainly seen yeah. mostly look ridiculous. I think it depends on the celebrity. I think if you're someone like Jennifer Lawrence, then you don't think they're ever going to go public. I think if you're someone like Kim Kardashian, you desperately want them to go public, because that's kind of why you're famous. I, I can't help but think there's... Uh, we had this discussion with Will Gnu. Right. And he said, God, no, mate, so many people are doing it. And it is true, but it, I, I still think it's become a bit of a habit and it's become a copycat thing. Oh, this is what we do. I mean, the whole thing, it's, it's quite artificial. It's quite awkward. And it, I'm not sure most people, if they're honest, want to receive that from their other. 
No. Somebody else's other half, maybe, but not their own. But Will Gnu was was well up for this, was he? Does this mean if we had his phone, if we hacked Will Gnu's phone, we'd see pictures of Will Gnu's shriveled up shrew? I mean, is that what would Probably happen? Probably quite a bit. Right. Yeah, there's plenty on there. He loves animals. Uh, here's one. So the other week I had to go to Birmingham. Oh, lovely. Uh, it was one of the Tory party conference. I didn't go to the Tory party conference, by the way. I was working on something with the police. Ooh. Okay. Can't say too much about it, but it was a... Yeah, it's a, it's a project involving this job and them. Okay. So uh, off I go, and I get there, and I'm aware already, because obviously there's a party conference, it's the government of the day, David Cameron, that there's always around these things quite a lot of security. And so they put these huge steel perimeters around any major road that goes towards the direction of the conference centre. Yeah. So I get in a cab at New Street Station. You know, what a piss-poor excuse for a station that is. The cab rank is kind of just on a street. Yeah, yeah. And trying to find one, and there's a queue of about 200 people. And I'm trying to get in there, and eventually I get in this cab, and I say, this guy goes, where are you going to, bro? And I said, <laughs> um, I want to go to this hotel. And he went, all right, okay. And off we go, and we're going up the road, and I'm thinking, this is strange, because as far as I can work out, and I'm just the passenger, he's driving towards a steel barrier. Now... <laughs> This doesn't end up with him driving through it, by the way. Right. But suddenly, I'm in the back looking at the phone, and he just goes, what the f***'s happened here? And he stops, and he goes, mate, I don't know what's gone on. He said, I don't know what's happened. He goes, look, it's all, it's all closed. I said, well, it's the conference. No. He said, what conference? This is a cab driver in Birmingham driving right. a big licensed cab mm-hmm. off the main rank of New Street Station who is unaware that the British government are in his town. It's something that's fairly well publicised. This bozo has got no idea it's going on. And I said this to him, and he went, all right. And then he just carried on, and he drove. And he drove around a couple of corners, did a left, a right, and another left, and came up against the next barrier from another direction. He went, there's another one! <laughs> well, there would be! It's all over the place. It's a big circle, mate. It's a security cordon, you halfwit. So in the end, anyway, he got me to the hotel, and he was still shaking his head incredulously as to, you know, I don't know what happened there, mate. It's like, well, I, I have told you. Plus, it's been on the news. And I think to top it all, you are actually a cab driver in the town. You're one of the few group of people that we could rely on yeah. to know things like major road closures. And also, when you got into the cab, it was on the radio, on the local radio news, and uh, on the front of the newspaper that he was all, reading. All the newspaper and the television yeah. and everything. And lots of armed police wherever you looked around the city. And he said to you as well, you'll never believe who I had in the back of my cab this morning. David Cameron. Which might have been a bit of a giveaway. He didn't correlate. No. That's what he didn't. Uh, so this is from John Budding. He says, can we talk about grown men and women? And I, in fact, I'm going to lose the women from that. I think I've only ever seen this phenomenon with men. Okay. Uh, who choose to get around London pushing scooters. Yeah. When did this ridiculously lazy blend of two perfectly healthy modes of transport, walking and cycling, manage to squeeze its way into a publicly acceptable way of getting about the place? Who would ever forgo a brisk walk in order to look like a 24-carat diamond-studded <laughs> on, a, on a pubescent germ stunt mobile? It does look a bit odd, doesn't it? It does a little bit. But then you sometimes see grown men on skateboards as well. How's your scooter, by the way? Stop it. Cyber John says... Now, these are kind of under sort of random acts as well as uh, you're being a dick, I think. He said drummers... Those drummers who, during the summer, congregate in an offensive ring-shaped crowd in local parks and proceed to drum moronically for hours, leering and banging away like Klaus Kinski in a really unpleasant porn film I once accidentally watched. <laughs> These drumming purveyors of audible shit 
did it last year outside the tradesmen's entrance of the Gilgood Theatre. Do you remember this? No. They were outside the Gilgood Theatre. Right. And drumming away, and they just don't They don't stop. Helen Mirren was on stage. Oh, yes. Doing the Queen thing. Yeah. And comes out dressed as the Queen and says, Will you f*** off? (laughs) Which I would have paid to see Dame Helen do that. Yeah. Because they were ruining her matinee performance with their cacophony. I'm with Cyber John on that. Phineas Phil says, I'd like to nominate the person who came up with the idea of SIM cards being time-specific. I put 20 quid on one SIM, I used £3, and the other 17 quid was liquidated because I didn't use it in a specified time. It's not a f***ing challenge, it's a service. (laughs) It's a very good point. What is the deal with that? No, see, I thought you were going to say it was a dick who decided that SIM cards should get smaller and smaller and smaller, so the only way you could insert them into your phone is actually with a pair of tweezers. Because it's getting... It's not just, far off that. I don't see how much smaller they can get. You know when you get... Firstly, you uh, the first thing you do is you take the SIM out. You take your little tray out your phone. Yeah. And you convince yourself that this model doesn't have the cut-off corner on it. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's no cut-off corner on it. But the SIM has a cut-off corner. Where's it going to go? And then you suddenly realise that it does. You just can't see it very yeah. well. And often you pop it into the little tray and you get it to your phone and you almost, almost, oh, it's gone. And that happens well, about five or six times. Well, yeah, first you have to put it in the wrong way up. Oh, you have to do that. Yeah, yes. that's, that's essential. And then almost jam it and go, oh, my God, I'm not going to get it out. Yeah. You don't want to ruin anything. You'd never guess who's recently upgraded their phone. No. no. Uh, this is from Popeye's Third Nipple on, <laughs> on Twitter. Right. He says, my dick nomination is George Osborne. Who cuts his hair? Stevie f***ing wonder. He says he looks like an archetypal sexually troubled character from a Greek orgy scene in in a Euripides play. That's very true. He does look as if he belongs in a sort of Greco-Roman kind of bathtub scene. If you just stuck one of those kind of thistly things on his head. Thistly things? What are they called? Caesar helmets. Yes. A Caesar, <laughs> what's it known as? Yeah, that's it. Morning, Gav. Can I have three Caesar helmets, please? <laughs> what they used to say in downtown Rome. I believe they did, yeah. Another one here, and I love this. Uh, it comes from Janice. I'm nominating my dad for telling us that crime rates are something we over-imagine. A story, he says, is fueled by the likes of the Daily Mail publications to make us all think that bad people exist in large numbers. I told him that if he thought this was such nonsense, he should leave his back door open the next time he goes out. So he did. (laughs) In fairness, he wasn't actually robbed, but a cat, presumably next doors, did sneak in and shat under his dining room table. I think that makes him a bit of a dick. I'm running with that. Uh, Any dick-based nominations, of course, you want to send us. Uh, Send them to Kev, please, because Kev's better at sifting through the wheat from the chaff. Uh, Yeah. Kev at onceaword.com. So, Mitsubishi Motors in the UK is celebrating 40 years in the UK. And here's something else to celebrate. The fab Mitsubishi L200 is now available with £2,000 off across the range. It's truly the ultimate pickup featuring super select four-wheel drive, meaning you can drive in two- or four-wheel drive on any terrain with great finance options also available. Visit your local dealer this weekend and experience the Mitsubishi L200, the ultimate workmate. Here's the thing, kidlings. 
I have no idea what's going to happen here. And when I say I have no idea, this is not artistic license and me egging it over to create some kind of creative hyperbole in order for you to carry on hanging on listening at every thread of what's about to happen. I genuinely have no idea. And what's more, I don't actually care very much, so I might just grab a magazine at this point and uh, read my look-in. No, put down that copy of Look-In with Tommy Boyd on the front. It's time for the band list! Hey! Andre! Get your finger out your arse and... Put down that picture of Jennifer Lawrence you found on the internet and give me some suitable music for this. Band! It's often said, Ian Collins, that religion and rock music just do not mix. Mm. They don't mix, because rock is all about the devil. Of course. And so on. But that's not to say that we can't have a sense of humour about it all. It's, you know, this, this touches on religion a little bit, and rock music, but it's all fine, and you'll enjoy it. There's a Christian radio station, though, in the US who had the foresight to issue a memo instructing on-air talent that certain musical acts were not only not to be played, but the merest mention of them would was just banned outright. Okay. And would result in suspension. You've seen these sort of memos before. Ah, uh, yes. So here are a few actual banned bands. That is banned! For example, Adolf Satan. Eh? Alabama Thunder... P- Anal quack quack oops. <laughs> that is an actual. That's an actual band. Okay. Angel sin. Ballsack. Okay. We're not kind of genre ballsack. Uh, it's rock. I believe it's hard rock. rock. Okay. Um, as indeed is Caspier. <laughs> Cybernetic God Crusher. You can see why that one might not go yeah, down too well. Uh, likewise, Goat Whore. Mighty Schwinkter. Okay. Yeah, that's. I, I'm, I think they're very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nunslaughter. <laughs> nice. Rhino cart. <laughs> Scrotum staplers. Who thought? Hang on a second. Forget the fact of being banned on the... Where are you going to be f***ing played? You're not going to get that on Heart FM, are you? I don't know. I'd love to hear Toby Ads just playing a little bit of Rhino cart. <laughs> I think that would go down very well. Sexual Orange Master. I don't even understand that one. Smother Teresa. <laughs> now, the memo also added, the previous ones, you would be suspended. These ones, though, the mention of any of the following will result in termination. Uh, is, oh, you mean it gets worse? Yeah. Okay. Justin Bieber. <laughs> Nickelback. Lady Gaga. Serious? So clearly they had a sense of humour about yeah. it all, but oh, nonetheless, no, no, no. it was really just an excuse to say some slightly rude words on a podcast. Imagine that on our tune. <laughs> Morning, darlings. It's a terrible story. They all died in the end, but don't worry. Is Rhino. <laughs> Credit stream. Well, and there you have it, everybody. Another beauty right in the bag. Good day to you. We are, of course, back uh, in about another week's time for another one, Kith. Yes, we are. Thanks to you for downloading. If you like what we do, want to help support this podcast, a couple of things you should do. Get over to iTunes to rate, review. Really important, subscribe, because if you've got the app, you just hit the subscribe thing and it pops down into your box every uh, week or every time an episode is released. If you're, of course, an Android user, you can try the free Stitcher app or download at stitcher.com slash once a word. Thanks to all of our guests. All can be followed on Twitter. We didn't have any, actually, did we? No. Well, all of our guests being the bands, of course. If you want to follow any of those on Twitter... Yes, at Rhino... <laughs> Or, of course, follow us at Once A Word. Our in-show feature and sponsor music was by... Kevin McLeod, Incompetech.com. Incompetech.com. That's the one. Yes, it is. Our show's technical operator is Andre Porchar. Our programme was edited by Helen Bowman. And, as ever, the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. 
We're back in, well, for the next episode very, very soon. Will Gnu, our tech expert, might be with us, but it could be LaDonna Harvey, or it could even be Alex Jones. Exciting times. Goodbye! A Big Things Media production. (laughs) Big Things! It's another Ian Collins once a word fact. Powered by the Mitsubishi Outlander. The average car has over 30,000 parts. The Outlander has just one. Awesomeness. Get yours for just £249 per month, plus three years free servicing.